Welcome to Relish Pod. Where simple pleasures are gained by cooking what you eat. I'm Mark Witt. And I'm Tim Gallagher. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about stocks, broth, and then soup. Yeah, it's fall. It's getting cool out. The leaves are falling here in Western Maryland. Our colors are gone, so it's time to get inside and make some delicious liquid. Yeah. So uh, define, define stocks for us, Tim. What, what's your... What's your definition? Okay, well, Mark, a, a stock is is an unseasoned liquid um, from cooking uh, multiple vegetables and uh, maybe some poultry bones um, that lacks really uh, the richness of long simmered gelatin from larger bones. Sure. Um, okay. Not you know you're not going to put a lot of black pepper and salt in there. Although I typically add a, you know, a pinch of salt to begin with and your stock is what you're going to use. Yes, you can, that's a base, good base for your soups, but it's also a good base for cooking rice, right. any kind of liquid that you might be, uh, that, that a recipe would call for. Like if a recipe calls for water, eh, if you have stock on hand, use that. Absolutely. You know. I agree with that. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere where you, where you are, um, where you can substitute liquid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you can use your stock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there's so many play, flavor profiles that we can, we can definitely use. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, the beauty of stocks, I mean, they, they are, they, they give whatever you're cooking uh, body depth and that flavor, you know, it just, it just ups it up just a little notch. Yeah. A little definition. Right. And, uh, you know, and just a, an, an aside, you know, there's there's a difference between stock and broth. Correct. And we just talked about stocks real quick. A broth is basically is going to involve bones long simmered to release the gelatin into the liquid. And a broth can pretty well stand alone. A stock is going to be added to something else. A broth can you could basically pour it into a into a coffee mug and drink it. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Or, or keep, keep producing and get to the point where you're creating a sauce. Right. right. There you go. Especially okay. if you're using, um, you know, bones, um, mm-hmm. where you are pulling out, uh, the collagen, creating it to cooking it to the point where it's becoming gelatin. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you're getting that huge, long, slow reduction to the point where that gelatin is thickening the sauce. Yeah, getting yeah. real rich. Really super, super rich. Yeah. That's okay. where you're getting into your demi glazes, your espanol, mm. sauces like that. Yeah. Right, your base sauces. But it's all coming from that same basic place. Yeah. So, so uh let's make a let's make a basic stock, Mark. How okay, we, well we you do? know, uh first and foremost, I can't I personally am a firm believer of cold, starting with cold water. Um you okay. know, I, I'm a firm believer in um heating it slowly and evenly across the board. Okay. But too often or not, I, see, I do see people thinking, well, I'm going to take some boiling water and start throwing stuff in there. Oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm basically taking everything and putting anything I'm putting in my stock pot. And, you know, the, the reason I'm making a stock typically is to make a soup or something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically thinking we're not looking to, to, uh, for reductions at this point. So I am, but it is, uh, you know, honestly, you're going to have some evaporation. Okay. But if I'm looking to make a soup that calls for a gallon of stock, say, or a gallon of liquid, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to basically make a, a stock that's a little bit more than a gallon. Okay. You know, a gallon and a half somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, I definitely am always going to, you know, lightly 
uh, salt it, you know, that's going to extract some flavor from everything else. Um, and then, you know, the big ones for me are the vegetables. Okay. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, you got an empty pot empty and you're pot. about to make vegetable stock. So onion, celery, and carrots. Okay. Know? Those are pretty much always a given for me. Okay. How are we putting them in? Well, oh. I mean, you know, this is, this is where the cooking comes in and you can kind yeah. of define yourself. I mean, okay. you know, I'm a firm believer if you're cooking at your house and you're, um, any, anytime you have leftover scraps, I feel like yeah. you can pull anything out of that. Yeah. You okay. Know, I am a firm believer in that. Yeah. So um, when you say leftover scraps, what I do a lot of times is I will have a scrap bag and as I'm chopping or whatever, as I'm cooking through the week, I will add to the scrap bag right. and then throw that in, in a drawer in the fridge. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if you're peeling carrots, you're peeling onions, you're using yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Using celery for other ing- uh, ingredients. Yeah. You know, as, as I'm cleaning and I'm using the end, if I'm peeling my carrots and peeling onions and stuff like that, I'm saving that stuff. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So then, then, then what are we doing after your. your well, depending soup? on what else we, you want to put in there, you know, I mean, you can at this point, you know, leeks that come from the onion family as mm-hmm. well. Garlic, you can okay. put some garlic in there. Yeah. Um, parsley, parsley stems, bay leaves. I think it's one of the base. Okay. Um, yeah. Flavorings. Mm-hmm. Um, um, time and salt. Now, again, we talked about not seasoning. We're not looking to like, we're not looking for any one thing here to be a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And we're not looking to make like a bay leaf stock. I mean, you could, yeah. but you don't want any one flavoring to mm-hmm. overpower. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, so a good balance. A good balance. You know? And then that reminds me of one time where, oh, uh, Lydia's mom made, uh, she made some vegetable stock. That was orange, and it was basically carrot stock. It was a carrot stock. It was <laughs> too heavy in the carrots. That's right. not what we want. Now, now, I will say this. Um, if you're going to make a carrot you know, soup or a carrot puree or a gingered carrot something or another, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> it's okay for it to have a heavy, heavier carrot flavoring. Because that's what you're going for. That's what you're going for. Okay. But, um, you know, but at the end of the day, if you're making whatever, if you're, if you're looking to make your stock and make a chicken noodle soup, you don't want to. You don't want that carrot to be the, the prominent flavor. No, we want balance. You want balance, yeah. right? And again, we're looking for depth, flavor, and body across the board. Okay. Um, so you know, on that note, I will say things like, you know, some people you can put mushrooms in there. I personally, um, sometimes I do, but I, a lot of times I will specifically save all my mushroom stems and I dry them for the specific reasoning of when I want to make a mushroom soup. I now have those mushroom stems that are dried. Yeah. And that is where I'm getting my predominant flavor of making a mushroom stock. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and mushrooms are very important in this house, in our house, right? for uh, making a, a nice, rich stock. It, it, it uh, plays a very important part. Sure. Mushrooms do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So uh, something- But again, you know, the, the thing that I want people to take away from here is I don't want people to feel like you're buying vegetables. Mm-hmm just for the sole purpose of making that stock. Right. You know, hopefully yeah. hopefully, we're, we're looking to take these things that normally people would throw away or discard and say, hey, those are valuable. Yeah. And they have life in them. Yeah. And let's like, let's extract life out of it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got our, you know, we've got whatever ingredients you want to put in there. I, I had a long, I've been meaning to ask you this. A long time ago, someone told me to avoid 
the greens. So avoid green pepper. Avoid yes. too much yes. too much of anything that's green. Yes. That will create a bitter stock. Do you have an yeah. opinion on that? I do, and I agree with that. Okay. I, I, I don't personally put green peppers and stuff right. like that in there. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I have. I mean, I've, I thought it's outside the box. Yeah. And so let's let's speak on that specifically. If I am going to use stuff like that, uh, green peppers and stuff, um, and peppercorns, just peppercorns as well, yeah. I will put peppercorns in my stock. Okay. Um, but I do it in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, somewhere in there oh. of my cook time. Okay. And I'm not, they're, they're just in there for a simple, quick, pulling out a little bit of flavor, mm-hmm. but I'm not looking for that bitterness. I'm not looking to pull out like that, that those real bitter yeah. acids are coming out of there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and and one other thing that I that I've also heard, and this is something that I practice, and that is when you're simmering your stock, and that is what we're doing. We're simmering, correct? We're not boiling. Correct. We're not looking for a heavy boil. Right. You know. So 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 let's describe that process. So we get okay. cold water. We're getting our vegetables in there. Um, so at this point, yes, I'm probably using high heat to bring it up. You mm-hmm. know, um, and eventually that the temperature is going to rise in that pot. And once I start to notice that I'm getting getting some heat in there, I want that point to the point where it's just going to simmer. Okay, yeah. I'm not looking nice. for a boil. I'm not looking to reduce. A rolling boil, just a couple right. bubbles, right. you know. Right. So I had heard that once you have that happening, you need to put a lid on there because what, what I was told was when you smell what's cooking, that's flavor that you're losing. And that seemed to make sense to me, so that's what I practice. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't, and I don't really practice that necessarily. Okay. Um, never really thought. Maybe, maybe there is truth in that. I, I you know, I can't spe- speak specifically to that. Okay. Um, I personally do not. Um, I don't know. I just like to watch the simmer myself. Okay. Um, you know, you know, so the other part of that is, as things, you know, so if you think about it, the other part is, if you do put a lid on there, you can you know, create condensation. Okay. On top of yeah. the lid, which is basically just dropping back down in. Right. So it's liquid on liquid. With very little evaporation. Yeah. Um, so I don't, know. I don't know. One you thing. know, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think either way is going to to kill the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know, this is kind of like uh, something we've touched on uh, every time. Is whatever you think is going to taste good, put it in there. Right. Um, um. So, and I typically, when you know, I'm not following exact recipes because we keep stock on hand all the time and I pretty much throw all my ingredients in, you know, and I'm using halved potatoes, um, anything that I think is going to be good and interesting, I'll throw in there. And I pretty much just put my ingredients in and then I add my water. And once my ingredients are floating, that is how much water I put in. What's that? Does that sound okay to you or Again, you know, it just depends. I mean, okay. well, it's uh, a practice that's worked for me, so it should work. Yeah, for other listen, people. if it works for you, I think that's great. Okay, I cool. think it's 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 probably more or less along the lines of when I, the way I do shrimp shells. Yeah. Um, so I think we can touch on that a little bit. How we do uh, seafood versus bones. Okay. Um, so we've done a little bit of vegetable stock. Right. That's what we were just so now move on into a seafood stock. So yeah, so for seafood stock, uh, the way typically. I think I think I'm thinking what you would be thinking is I'm adding shrimp shells, yeah, um, and I'm just barely covering them, yeah. You okay. know, you know, and ideally, again, you can you can do this multiple times. Really, I look to 
just cooked my shrimp shells um, to where they're turning that nice orangey yellowish color. Mm-hmm. And then I'm probably going to strain them off. If I have more shrimp shells, I'm probably going to like add more shrimp shells. Okay. So, and, and then once I have that shrimp flavoring going or that seafood flavoring going, then I'm going to add some more vegetables and stuff like the carrots and, mm-hmm. sure. you know, the onions and celery and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it's basically the same operation, except you have, you know, you have shrimp shells, you know, to right. begin with. Correct. As you talked, uh, what was, I think it was our last episode, you have bags and containers full of right. shrimp shells. Right. So, and, and again, I'm pretty fortunate, you know, working yeah. in the restaurant, you know, we're pretty much saving everything and we're cleaning shrimp all the time and I'm saving all those shells. Yeah, but it's, it's the, no, you know, do it at home. There's right. no reason why, right. you know, if you cook, you you probably will end up with a bag of raw shrimp. Keep the shells. Don't throw them away. Just stick them in a freezer bag and throw them in the freezer. Exactly. Use them within six months and, you know, exactly. it, you'll, it'll be delicious. Right. Or more importantly, yeah. I mean, hopefully after this episode, if we can teach people the importance of having stocks around. Yeah. It's a really simple process when you have mm-hmm. the stuff available. Super simple. So, uh, and eventually we're going to get into that, how you can store stocks. So, you know, more importantly, maybe as you're doing that process, just go ahead and make a stock mm-hmm. and then you're going to have that stock for the future. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, of simple, um, you know, one good way to do this is if you go back to our kitchen essentials uh, episode, which is number five, yeah, number three, three. Maybe. Yeah, pardon me, number right. three. Um, we talk a long, at length with uh, crockpots. Sure. So if you say that you have no time to do things like cook, you know, make and create a stock, well, if you uh, fill up your crockpot with scraps, add your water until they float, and then turn it on low and go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, you'll yep. have a stock. Yep. And, and your kitchen it, will smell great. And that's something that you can use Lots of things, as right. we were discussing. Um, what else? So, so uh, let's let's speak. Uh, how about bones and stuff like that? Okay, so now, yeah, I guess technically we'll, that will be moving from stocks to broth. If you want to get technical here, um, and a good bone broth is rich and delicious and fortifying, and whatever other adjective you want to use that you know tells you that it's a delicious thing sure um so you're doing a good bone broth uh i don't know let's see maybe you did uh you did a pork shoulder and you made some pulled pork and hopefully you got a pork shoulder that has a bone in it um and you definitely should have um so you have that leftover bone nice big big piece or maybe you even have a leg of lamb you're gonna have you know Buy buy the meat with the bone in it. So after you clean all the meat off, you want to go ahead and put that bone in the oven and roast it. Maybe 400 degrees, 425. Yeah. You know, and then uh, when you start smelling that thing roasting and getting richer and richer, pull it out and then go ahead, add it some water, you know, put it in a pan, put it in a, excuse me, uh, a good stock pot, add you know, your basic, add an, an onion or two, some garlic, um, you know, uh, some other things, you know, your uh, celery or whatever. And then that's when you start making your uh, basically bone broth, bone stock, 
but as it gets richer and cooks down, it's going to turn into broth. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So do this also with your poultry bones. Thanksgiving's coming up. Everyone's going to have, most people are going to have a, a, a turkey carcass. Right. Do the same thing. Clean it, roast the bones, and then cook it and create a broth. Right. Um, Agreed. Let's see. What can what can we add yeah, to and, that? Yeah, and it's, and it's not necessary. I mean, I, I have definitely taken off that turkey, you know, after it's been roasted itself. I've definitely just taken the whole carcass and made a stock. Yeah. And when I when I am making stock slash going into that deeper, uh, more reduced volume of water into a broth, uh, I'm kind of keeping an eye more on the what's happening with the meat that's left on the bones. Okay. And I'm not afraid to actually pull that carcass out and take some of the more of the meat off and then still use those bones. Yeah. Once they've been uh cooked down a little bit and then th- that is really another good time to throw it back into the into the roaster as well. Okay. Get get some extract some more flavor and then put it back into that stock pot. Uh it's something that I really like to do. Uh well in this house and maybe you've done it the same. Uh you know, we're I, I'm I will cook probably two different turkeys on the big green egg this year. Yeah. So when you after your when you smoke that bird, your broth is going to turn out to be smoky. And it's just sure. another nice added Absolutely. dimension. A yeah. good smoky broth, it just it floors me. I love it. Right. I love it. Well, I think, uh, you know, the main thing is as we are making the stock, so we talked about, um, you know, the stocks getting the, and getting the bones in there, heading more towards a broth. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that we have to think about is – um, what's happening here? So there's a lot of impurities coming out of these products. Okay. Okay. Or what I what I would classify them as impurities. Okay. Um, Such as. Well, you know, so if you're using uh, if you're using animals, obviously you're going to have some fat that coming okay. in there, proteins sure. and stuff. The mm-hmm. fats are breaking down. The proteins are breaking down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, just even if you're just using carrots, onions, and celery, you know, you're going to have some simple as maybe some dirt byproducts. You know, okay. So you're going to get some yep, foam. Sure. You're going to start experiencing some foam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important through that whole process to constantly just be skimming the skimming that stuff off. Okay. Discarding it. You know? Okay. As much as I like to, uh, as much as I like to to suck the uh, the essence out of everything. Uh-huh. Once we hit the foam portion, you can't do anything <laughs> else with it. Okay. Maybe hit it. Uh, maybe it's uh, destined for the. Uh, the compost pile, but that's about it. Okay. At this point, we've pretty much gotten everything that we can get out of it. Okay. So, what is the difference between skimming as you're cooking, and uh, this especially happens with uh, a poultry stock? Once you cook it, and then you cool it, maybe you will uh, put it in the fridge, and the next day you can pull it out, and there will be fat on Correct. the top. Right. Is there a difference? In, there is. In, okay. There is because at this point, those fat solids are going to. Uh, they're not coming to the top. You're not pulling out fat solids. Okay, and this is when you're skimming. Correct. You okay. And when I say fat solids, at this point they're uh, they're almost in a liquid form. Yeah. Because they're hot. Sure. So all we are all we're doing is skimming off impurities. Okay. So and, any, so don't be afraid that you're you're skimming off fat. Okay. Um. Uh. So, <clears throat> you know the next the next step through this process is, um, again we're not looking for a reduction here. Mm-hmm. Um, not a heavy reduction. You are going to, there is going to be some evaporation. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the next main step here is straining. Okay. Okay. So we're skimming. Okay. And then we're straining. Okay. Okay. So you're done cooking. 
maybe you got to let it cool because you got to handle this stuff. Correct. And then you're going to strain. Yes. And, and I can't, I can't um, express straining enough. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so the method for me is this. I, essentially, I'm going through a, you know, a China cat where it's basically catching all the heavy stuff. Okay, hold on. Um, what is a China cat? So a China cat, um, basically a big strainer. Yeah. That looks like a um, what's the what's the French term for it? Is uh, <laughs> that really going to help? <laughs> no, it will. Um, so essentially, it's like a colander. Is it the huge funnel? That- it, it's a it's a it looks like a I mean it looks like a big funnel with holes in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. about six inches at the top, down yeah. to nothing. Okay. It looks like a dunce's hat if you would turn it upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you would put it on your head. Okay. So it's uh, just a really good strainer. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's like a colander, but it's more or less to, you can put it into something and everything's funneling down to okay. to its smallest point. I'm with you. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, and that name will come to me, the, the French name. But yeah, I, I've heard it, you say it a million times. But it eludes me right this second. <laughs> uh, and, and listen, you can use a, you can use a colander as well. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But really, what we're looking to do is catch catch the uh, uh, a chenois. There you go. There you go. It's a chenois. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're looking to catch the the heavy ingredients, uh, and from there, I'm doing a secondary strain. Okay. At this point, I'm running it through like a fine mesh strainer. Okay. Or if you have it, you know. So I uh, use cheesecloth a lot. Cheesecloth. Yeah. yeah. That's what okay. I was going to say. Cheesecloth. Yeah. All right. It's exactly right. Cool. Yeah. You know, and we're looking to catch in any of those um any of those little particles that we can get out of there. Okay. And again, you have to understand there's still going to be fat that's in that broth. Right. Or in that liquid form. Yeah. Okay. But really the straining process is kind of like it's the bookend of the of the straining process. Cool. You know what I mean? You do that final strain yeah. and that's what we have. Cool. So now now what do we do with this? Now we have this hot liquid. Okay. You know, so um one thing that I do want to stress here, unless you're going to use this immediately to make a product, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I am. I'm, I'm moving into the direction of making a soup, uh-huh. um, but sometimes I'm not going to be using my stock for a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. So they how do are, we store this? Well, first, first, before we even get to the point of storing, I want to talk about how to cool it. Okay, cool. Um, because at this point, it is open to... Um, bacteria growth and stuff like that. Okay. So you want to get it, you don't want it in that danger zone, you know? Mm. So, you know, you can definitely do like an ice bath where you kind of cool it down and just, you you just want to drop the temperature down as much as you can quickly. Get it in the refrigerator and stuff like that. Okay. You know, break it down into smaller parts if you have to. Okay. Um, But get it to the point where you can cool it quickly. Okay. So don't like leave it out on the counter. Don't leave it out on the corner and, you know, on the counter correctly. So probably for most people, putting a lid on it and getting in the fridge, if you have the space, is probably the way to go. And I, well, and I definitely wouldn't put a lid on it. Oh, no lid. Okay. Because here's what happens when you put that lid on it. Yeah. Um, You're going to get it. You're going to get, again, you're going to get that condensation. Okay. So you put that lid on it. You got heat coming up to the top. It's hitting the top. It's just condensation. Yeah. And it's just dripping moisture down inside itself. Okay. So uh, if you do feel the need to cover it, you know, I cover ours with plastic wrap and poke holes. Oh, all right. You know? Cool. Um, mm-hmm. So nothing's dropping in. It's still covered, uh, but the but the heat can escape. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. And if you don't have room in your fridge and it's February, oh, that's put perfect. it outside. Absolutely. So, okay, so um, we're, we've cooled it. So we've cooled it. Now mm-hmm. we're at the process of uh, we're going to. Think about starting to store it and or use it. So the next day, we're left with this beautiful product. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a little bit more uh, um, 
skim on there. But really, when you asked earlier, if there's going to be this layer of fat. Yeah. If we're using uh, products that have contained fat. Yeah. So any animal product, bones, yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah, and yeah. even shrimp shells, they'll produce, depending on how many you, they will produce a little bit of fat. Okay. But not really, yeah. you know, not a lot. But, you know, your animal bones and stuff like that. Your, yeah, so once it's cool, all that fat's going to rise to the top. Yep. Now I then skim all that fat off and get rid of it. Am I messing up there? Well, it depends on what you want to do with it. Okay. Um, again, you know, you have to think about this. This is a pure fat. Mm-hmm. So if you really are looking for uh, uh, a truly high flavored product, you know, you can go with classical French Escoffier cooking where you're taking that fat and it's just animal fat flavored and you're going to make a roux out of it. Yeah. You know, so that's going to be used as your thickener back into the soup. Okay. So you can discard it. You know, some people use it. Some people don't. Okay. I typically like to to like the discard because then when we make soup, I don't know. I just, I really do enjoy a nice clear, clean broth yeah you know but that's just me yeah just and depends uh, Lydia and, and, eats whatever i make right <laughs> and again it just depends on what you're going for yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah okay so it's cool we've skimmed it if you like to so let's talk storage if you're not going to use it right away let's just do a quick storage what i like to do is take gallon freezer bags or quart freezer bags fill them seal them and then lie them flat and put them in the freezer. This way, you essentially have a nice flat. It's just a good way. It's a space-saving technique. You have basically just have about an inch thick of a frozen stock that you can keep in your freezer for six months. Yeah, I'd say easily three yeah. to six months. Yeah, yeah. And, and no big deal. Right. And you can take them out, and if you just want a little bit, if you just need a good, rich uh, liquid for a recipe, you can you know, break off a piece and defrost it or something like that, or use the whole thing. You know, we, a lot of times we will eat ramen and you don't need those flavor packets. If you can make a good stock, you know, you can just make your, make your uh, noodles and then throw it in there. And I don't know. I think even a little, uh, uh, a little uh, good housekeeping, housekeeping trick is actually people are using uh, ice cube trays. Oh yeah. There you you go. Actually you just throw it on an ice cube tray and, Absolutely. Stick it in the freezer that way, and you pop out an ice cube. You're making a stir fry, or like you said, ramen or something like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, cool. Get rid of that liquid and throw a, an ice cube in there, melt it down, you know, and you got a little bit of fresh flavor there. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So yeah, storage is you know just use your imagination, but use some space saving techniques. Okay. So we've made stock. We've made broth. What the heck are we gonna do with it now? Let's make some soup, huh? Let's make soup. Yeah. Okay. So. Typical chicken noodle soup. Um, we had a nice conversation about mirepoix, but it's basically a mirepoix is your base of your soup. It's the Holy Trinity. There you go. Yeah. Holy Trinity. Thank you. So the, the, the Holy Trinity it's is... It's the three. Right. Okay. So uh, it's your carrots, onions, and celery. Thank you. Right. There you go. And that's what you start with. Right. Um, that's what you're going to saute. And uh, uh, let's say if you make uh, chicken noodle soup, start with your mirepoix saute that how far do we want to saute that mark um i mean we don't want to brown these we we just want the nice and tender right nice and tender yeah just, i mean i'd still like a little bit of crunch in there yeah. because you know they are going to cook still in the uh in, in their soup yeah so you're going to saute it right. just to tender maybe onions translucent 
kind of thing, yeah. you know, um, just a slight toothiness to your carrots. Um, and so your your the flavors are coming out. Um, okay. And then, uh, so when I make it that after my mirepoix is ready, that's pretty much when I start adding my stock. Um, does that sound about okay to you? You know, what, what are your methods here? If you're just making a chicken noodle soup. So if I'm making a chicken noodle soup, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah, much it. Yeah. yeah you're going right. to bring that to a, right. it's going to warm your, your slow simmer. You know, you're not cooking this stuff like crazy. Don't cook your vegetables to a mush. Right. Uh, but it's going to bring out your flavors. You're definitely going to add salt and pepper at this point. Right. Um, I would actually be adding salt and pepper before I add the stock. Um, actually, as as I start sautéing the mirepoix, that's what I'm going to add the salt and pepper. If you have anything to say about that, I you know, would agree with that. Sounds I, good. I, 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 yeah. yeah, that's fine. And yeah. uh, your chicken is going to be pre cooked. Maybe you uh, you know smoked it on uh, on your big green egg that. You know, the day before, and you've got a nice smoky stock, um, and then you add your nice smoky chicken to it, um, and uh, yeah, well, there you go. You basically have chicken noodle soup. You're going to make your noodles. Um, any kind of variation you want to do, you do it. Yeah, soups are, you know, I think soups uh, really freak people out sometimes. I think I think people think soups are really hard to make, but honestly, you know, by definition, I mean, I think, yeah, cla- and classical, if you're making, like, classic soups. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this day and age, really, if, if you can kind of understand the concepts of making a simple stock, yeah, that's your flavoring. You're done. You know what I mean? You got and, it. and, again, these can be vegan. These can be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. These can be chicken flavor. They can be, you know, with some uh, using introduction to some bones and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so some beef flavoring in there. Yeah. And it's really about the broth mm-hmm. or the or the stock. And whatever else you want to put in there, yeah, you know, and then what's left is like really what's in the middle of like what's defining soups is like again, there's these classic terms of like bisque and yeah. chowders and like what are these things and we and we can definitely go over those, but it's really what ingredients do you want to get in there, you know, yeah, and if you are looking for a uh, uh, a thicker soup versus a thin soup, yeah, um, but you know your basic chicken noodle, it's very simple, yeah. Or let's say, you know, just to throw a couple out there real quick, um, on the veggie scale, let's say a potato soup. Um, you're going to start with your mirepoix. You're going to throw your vegetable stock in there, and you can go ahead and cook your potatoes in that. And then you take your kitchen essential, which is a um, like your, an immersion blender. Right, that's right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once your potatoes are done, Stick your immersion blender in there and blend everything, right. and you've got a nice potato soup. Right. Um, okay, uh, tomato soup, mirepoix. After your mirepoix is done, throw your fresh tomatoes in or your um, canned tomatoes, uh, uh, crushed tomatoes or something like sure. that. Right. Cook that real quick. And then to keep it vegan, add coconut milk, can yeah. of coconut milk to say, oh, I don't know. 32 ounces of tomatoes. I'm just just coming yeah, off the top right. of my head. And then use your immersion blender and you're done. You've got a nice, creamy uh, tomato soup. Right. Uh, lots of fresh basil. Yeah. 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 So all this meat talk, well, there, there's two quick, easy, vegan soups. Yeah. yeah you know. That are yeah. good for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and again, these are, 
you can think about any kind of ingredients. I mean, the, I think I can't stress enough. The importance here is like to, to make a nice, healthy, flavorful stock, mm-hmm. you know, and from there, your flavor profiles will really pick up, you know, yeah, garlic, you know, beautiful in soups. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I can't stress garlic enough and garlic in stocks, um, you know, because stocks are thin, um, lots of garlic. Yeah. You know, okay. it really, it really, the, the garlic dissipates in there. Okay. So you can use tons of garlic. Yeah. And the thinner, the thinner it is, you know, the more garlic that you put in there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, ginger, another beautiful thing. Okay. You know, yeah. depending on the kind of flavor profiles you're looking for. Yeah. You just throw this stuff in. Yeah. It's very simple. You know, and okay. simmer and simmer. Well, one of my favorite things from your restaurant are your seafood bisques. Okay. You make a good lobster bisque. Well, thank you. You make a good cream of crab. Okay. You know, so enlighten us on some of the secrets of a good seafood bisque, a nice creamy seafood soup. Well, um, you know, without divulging everything, <laughs> I, I, I think I think bisque and, and uh, you know, bisque and cream, cream of crabs and stuff like that, we're, we're really only doing one more step. Okay. Which is really, I'm creating a stock, a seafood stock, okay. using shrimp shells, lobster shells, depending on what we have yep. available. Um, from there, you know, you had mentioned that mirepoix, the holy mm-hmm. trinity. Yep. Okay. The way that we would make a bisque simply is we're taking that holy trinity, doing the process that you said, introducing our seafood stock. Okay. And from there, the next step is really to create, um, we're taking that and pureeing it. Okay. So all that flavor is in there. Yep. As much as I can capture. Nothing in there. comes out. And it's it's essentially taking that stock and creating it, making it a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. But through that process, and then I am straining it again. Okay. To get it as uh, your velvety as possible, I guess is the pureeing word. and straining. Okay. So there's no little missing, you know, Correct. chunks that might have been missed or Correct. anything. Velvety uh, is a good term. Velvety yeah. is possible. Very smooth. Cool. Um, and then from there, essentially. Um, depending on which soup we're making or what kind of soup, it may be a roux or it may be, um, um, you know, some, some sort of thickener. Yeah. Okay. And, and those soups, you know, essentially the soup is very basic and the flavor profile is essentially coming from that rich, rich stock. Okay. That's it. So if if you don't mind backing up for a second, you mentioned roux. Okay. Okay. So when, at what point would you add a roux to a soup? Okay. So, so, um, you know, there's, there's obviously several ways to do this, but let's say, let's say, let's say our basic thing here is, um, you know, it can be a little bit lengthy process. You don't have to make it lengthy, but we would cook the mirepoix. Yeah. We would add the stock. We would let that simmer for a little bit. Okay. From there, you could add some seasonings if you want, but anything that I would want pureed would be in that. Okay. I would take that and I would I would do a puree. Okay. Okay. Now I have a puree and mm-hmm. I still have stock. Okay. I would start a fresh pot. At that point, you can either in that pot you can make a roux. Okay. 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 And uh, and just real quick, it's uh, fat and uh, like a butter type thing and um, flour. Slowly adding the flour to create a thick. Correct. And essentially, yeah. you know, it's like a one to one. It's almost like. Okay. Equal parts. Okay. So, you know? sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, no. It's fine. So, so you can make a stu- – you know, you can either work from the front end, which is mean you're going to make a roux in the in your pot, um, and you're cooking your roux. The, you know, the, the reason you have to make a roux is you have to cook the 
uh, the flour out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got to get the flour cooked. Okay. Then you add your stock back in. Okay. You know, slowly, and you're starting to like cook that around a little bit. Okay. And then, really, essentially, all you're looking to do is make sure that the flour is cooked out of it. Okay. And if you don't, you know, you can definitely taste the soup that has that like uncookedness to it. Sure. You know. Yeah. Or I, can, I know what you're saying. Or the other process is is you make a roux individually. Okay. Okay. Then you're going to add your roux a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, back into your soup or whatever you're cooking. Okay. Just as a thickener. Okay. I got you. Thicken it up. Does that make sense? I got you. Sure. Sure. Now, could you substitute heavy cream for a roux or would you use them alongside each other? Again, it's depending on what we're looking to do here. Okay. You know what I mean? For a bisque, a cream of crab, we're definitely using cream as well. Yeah. So we're using heavy cream. Um and again, you mentioned vegan options for that, mm-hmm. uh, vegetarian options. We use, uh, you know, if I'm doing a, let's say, a sweet potato bisque, mm-hmm. you know, let's say a gingered uh, sweet potato and carrot bisque. Yeah. You know what I mean? A couple of nice things there. Yeah. Uh, keep it vegan. You know, lots of ginger, lots of garlic in there. Uh, again, that process, if I'm making that bisque, I would I would cook my carrots, my sweet potatoes. Uh, I would probably puree all that individually mm-hmm. or with the stock. Yeah. Maybe do a quick strain on it, and then I'm adding in um, coconut milk, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Coconut milk is a is a great thing. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a perfect thing. So if you're uh, so with your the sea a seafood type bisque, um, at what point are you adding? I don't know. Say you have a can of of crab meat. You know, what point are you adding that? That's the final touch. So that's you're just throwing that in. You're getting everything warmed up, Correct. letting the, the flavors combine, yes. and then you're done. Correct. Because, again, uh, the flavor the flavor is not going to come just from that crab meat. That's yeah. just the final touch. Yeah. Okay. And that's just the meat. That's just the that's just the, the icing on the cake. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, it's basic stuff, and it, it's a good way to take it up a notch right. when you're cooking. Yeah, and, you know. I think it is, is. I think it is worth noting. You know, when you are making soups, you know, I think the hardest thing for people um, when they're not used to cooking is understanding how products cook at different, at varying levels. Right. So, uh, a potato, and let's say a potato and uh, a bean uh-huh. are going to cook. You know, different times. Sure. Um, so you have to know when to cook, put the potatoes in. You have to know when to put the beans in. Yeah. You know, you can't just put everything in the pot or some things turn to mush and some, some things are rock hard. Right. So that's yeah. where really, you know, playing around with soups and kind of like learning those little things. Sure. Come that, into play. We all have to do trial on it. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I like it. I think, I think that that's good. You know, we're here, yeah. we're, we're in the fall, you know, everybody, most people are going to have a, a turkey carcass, so right. make turkey soup. Um, you know, just it's just one of it's one of my favorite things in this in, in this world is uh, turkey stock. Yeah, I mean it, it's making my mouth water right now. Right, my wife can attest that I will just drink it. <laughs> Good um, stuff. So here we are in the fall. Uh, what's in season? We've got lots of. Uh, Root vegetables in season. A lot of root vegetables are coming up. Yeah, um, a lot of good stuff for that. So get out and uh, eat seasonally, of course. Sure. Um, squashes, butternut squash, our favorite in this house are delicata squashes. If you uh, are unfamiliar, they're the long, uh, short cylindrical things with uh, very variegated uh, markings. You know, yellow and green. Nice. Oh, delicious! Most uh, most grocery stores have them. 
Um, carrots, great time for carrots. You know, what else? Sweet potatoes. Yeah, we grew softball-sized sweet potatoes this year, Mark. Yeah, I, I don't heard. know if you saw them walking in I haven't in seen here. that. No, <laughs> I'll show them to you. Yeah. Pretty impressive. So uh, get out there. People eat seasonally, you know. Support your local farmers. That's what they're selling right now. Yeah, Any root of, vegetables. Sure. A lot um, of that good stuff. And again, oh. and again, I can't stress enough, like when you had mentioned earlier, like you know, uh, the, the crock pot is perfect for, for making soups, you know? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, mentioned making the stock itself. Mm-hmm. And then once you finish that process of making a stock, you know, clean that, clean it out and start it the next day with your, with your ingredients yeah. and your stock. And come home, and you got a nice pot of soup waiting on you. Yeah, a very, uh, very little work, and people will be very impressed. Right. If you like what you hear, go to relishpod.com. Um, and there you can find old episodes and recipes. Um, our Twitter handle is at relishpod, our Instagram is relishpod, where you know we post whatever we're cooking. Um, um, we don't cook. We don't post what we eat. We post what we cook. Right. So there's a difference there. And, we, and we're just coming off that uh, our last episode, which was really exciting. We're really proud of that episode. That was the paella episode. Yep. Um, so that was uh, we got some great video footage of that. There's a great YouTube video out there of that. Yep. Uh, so go to Relish Pod. You go to YouTube. Go to Relish Pod. We have a few vi- videos you can view, uh, all produced, edited by Lydia. Um, so check those out. All right. Well, you've been listening to Relish Pod. Again, this is where simple pleasures are gained by cooking what you eat. I thank you for today's edition. I'm Mark Witt. And I'm Tim Gallagher. We'll see you next time. And where we will be talking about Thanksgiving.